Boys of 161st Street, episode 159. Today is Monday, August 30th. 159. We're very close. Two episodes yeah. away from episode 161. Wow. Still haven't decided yet what we're going to do for that, but it will be something special. Yeah. Next week. This is next week. It's next Tuesday's episode. It'll be episode 161. So that will be a fun one. Maybe we'll do some giveaways for it, have some fun with you guys. Maybe we'll also do a little bit of the Beat the Boys trivia. That episode will be a fun thing to do there. Oh, how kinda, fun. Kind of just throwing things at the wall, seeing if it's six. If you guys think of anything special we could do for episode 161, make sure to let us know because it only happens once. So until 1,161, we could do it then. But We're Yankees split the series man. in Oakland, ending the streak at 13. They move up to four in the power rankings. They are six games out of the AL East lead behind the Rays because the Rays just continued to play the Orioles. Thank God that's over. The Orioles are... I, we have a few games against the Orioles coming up too, but Rays are currently playing the Red Sox and the Yankees are currently playing the Angels. We're recording this in the top of the third inning. And the Yankees have a two-game lead in the AL in the AL wildcard of, of the top seed. So... Still feeling good, although the streak ended. It had to end somewhere, so like I'm not super duper upset. I am very upset because I like you felt something with the team that they could actually go on it like a magical run. Like it didn't seem like it could end. It, it was going to end. Like they had it. I thought they had a real shot at doing like the like the Moneyball streak or something like that, but obviously it didn't happen. You know, when you looked at this entire road ahead too, when we were trying to map out the games, like it was a tough stretch no matter what. Going against, I mean, the Angels aren't great, but like they still have Otani and they still could steal a game. You, you weren't just going against teams like the Orioles. I mean, a four game set against Oakland is not like that was just not going to, we weren't going to sweep. So yeah. coming away with a split is a little bit upsetting, especially, you know, the pace we were rolling at, but it's still a split. Didn't lose the series, didn't win the series. So how are we feeling, boys? Today you got me, Luke, Chandler, and Damon. Murph is away on paternity leave. You know, he's like in like the literal woods, I think, right now. Yeah. Honestly, I respect Murphy for missing for that. Like he just goes and just hangs out in the woods, not a care in the world. And for I those who guess. don't know, he's not actually on paternity leave. He's literally in the woods. Um, yeah. He doesn't. Murphy the, is, uh, when, when we joke and say Murphy's a caveman, he literally is a caveman. He's borderline in Canada. <laughs> Yeah, so like, Lake George is pretty close. Yeah. I don't know um, if you've ever seen Dexter, but the end where he's just like as a logger in the woods, that's like Murphy. That is Murphy. Like dial up internet. That's, that's part of the reason why we're always like 20 minutes late to every recording. Yeah. Let's blame it on him. Well, today we were late because Damon (laughs) decided to step on the power cord. So we were initially scheduled to go live at nine 45, but he stepped on the power cord and we had to reset everything, but mistakes happen. It's all right. It's okay. Damon. I'm feeling pretty good. Otherwise though. Good. Um, I mean, we still haven't, we still haven't lost a series in, a long time. When's the last time we lost a series? Go One on. more thing on Murph. He actually Red doesn't. Talks. He actually doesn't have internet at the, his log cabin. So continue. <laughs> no, I was, I, that was my question. Was like, when's the last time we lost a series? It's been a while. Right? Probably the last time Murph has internet. <laughs> never. Yeah, Red Sox right after the uh, All Star break. Also, fun little stat. I know you already posted it, but when you actually hear it in words, it's pretty crazy. 
every single time the Yankees have made the postseason with a 12 or higher game win streak, they've made the World Series. So I hate those. St- I mean, that's a cool stat, but I hate oh, those stats. Oh, stop. Wait, could you repeat no, that? I just, I just, I don't like stop. them. I don't like them. I don't like them. I think those are stupid I'm stats. Repeat to, the stat. Javier Baez, boo you. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that. So every time the Yankees have had a 12 plus game win streak, in franchise history that they've made the postseason, they've made the World Series, which is seven times, Damon. You're acting like it's That's like a, a one-time thing. Side. No, I mean, it's a, it's a cool stat, but I don't know. That doesn't tell me anything. It's like when the Yankees play more games above 65 degrees and it's partly cloudy out, they make the World Series. It's like, not the I, same. All right, know. Grinch. It's a little I'm trying to be happy. I'm not a Grinch. I'm just saying I think that's You're like – You're kind of being a Grinch. It's Go a cool stat, puppies. but it's a – it's like a false hope stat. It's hey, it's almost... let me ask you one question regarding this. So, do you support the umpire then that took the bat away from the bat dog? Too? Oh, don't even get me started on that. That he should go to jail. That's how I feel about you shitting on our win streak. He's going to jail. He should go to jail. That guy. That guy <laughs> should go to jail. That was fucked up. I would rather the Astros cheat again than see that. <laughs> Give the people a bit of a recap on what, what that is for the people that don't know what you're talking about. I.e., me. You haven't seen that? No, what? Oh, my God. So the bat dog came out the other day. I think it was a minor league game to go pick the bat up from home plate. And this, like, sassy umpire picked up the bat, like, right as the dog was going to grab it and threw it at the dugout. And the dog just, like, pouted the whole way back. Sassy umpire. Dude, he's being such a bitch. That was so fucking bad. It made me really sad. deserve to go to jail. Uh, One more thing before we get into a little bit of the meat of this episode. We do have a lot to talk about today. Uh, We're going to do hot or not. We're going to talk about... Cole's potential kind of like putting him back into the Cy Young conversation off his injury. That was kind of an obvious thing. We'll break that down a little bit more. There's a lot, a lot in the hot or not section, but one thing I wanted to bring up is Yankees. I've seen them at four in the power rankings. I've seen them at five at six. It's just really cool to me. And I know we did just go on a 13 game win streak and we, our record across the league is one of the better records. So it's fairly obvious as to why we are that high, but it's just so cool and I know we've talked about this before, but it's just so cool to see where we came from. Like we're 41 and 41 July 4th, and now we're actually fourth, five, six in the power rankings, and we're not laughing. We're not like joking. We, we were like the 15th or something at some point yeah. during that stretch. Dude, some of them, like the Bleacher Report ones that obviously overreact to every week, but they had us down in like 26 at one point. Like I mean, that's, 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 absurd. that's absurd. I'm telling you, like I said, it's bleach report. They overreact like week by week. If the rays next week were to go like three and four, they would have them down at like 15. So I'm and just, also, I'm just saying it's pretty crazy. So speaking of turning it around, I figure what better time to toot my own horn than right now. Uh, we're going to start doing a new segment and I'm creating this segment at the end of the year. Once the season's over, we're going to do take of the year. And we're going to check the old archive and see where all of our takes have been. Chandler's got a good one, too, that could be in the running against mine. But I I genuinely believe, and we'll revisit these takes right now. So the one take that I personally am going to nominate for the time being until I have a better take, which I probably will because I have all kinds of good ones, was my take that is being bad good. And for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time and didn't see the clip that I reposted, I was basically saying... And it was tough to get out because it was really kind of convoluted and it didn't make all the sense in the world until I can explain it at length. And Chandler, you were you were with me. I, I got you up to I speed was. when I said it at first. So basically what I was saying was it was before the deadline. And since 
we were playing so so bad. We weren't go. We were gonna end up if we were gonna buy. We we're gonna buy more than we would have had we been a good team because, like Chandler said, they would have just given you the line like we believe in our team. We're not gonna go out and spend because we think they're gonna win. Perfect example of the people that did that are the Red Sox. The Red Sox were in first place. They didn't buy at all, and now look at them. So that's I'm just I'm just that's the alternate route that success could have caused us to not buy as much because we wouldn't have needed it, or so it would seem. So also, since we played so bad, we were forced to get Gallo and Rizzo. And now the players that I said at the end, like we were forced to get these players to just really deck out the team, and then all of a sudden the guys that are actually good, like Judge was always having a good year, but now Stanton's playing well. Now, like, all these guys, Voight's back and he's playing well. All these guys are playing so well now. And now you just have a roster that you didn't have before. And now they're all just nine guys deep or even deeper than that through the bench. And you just have a a super team that you didn't have before. So to come full circle, I think I was right. I No, I agree. I don't, I just, like, I still think mine was a better, like, hot take because I feel like they're in a way – Yours made too much sense. Like, it was almost too perfect. Mine, you guys literally laughed me off the fucking show. You're like, all right, let's cut this guy. He can go, like, fuck himself down in South Carolina. We're just going to start our own new thing here in New York. And what was your take? That Jonathan Luizaga would be groomed to be our next closer. And that was in, like, April. So, Right now, you're not looking crazy. I know. But at the time, you would have thought that I just, like, told you I found the cure to cancer or something. I think during this off-season episode, we're gonna Did have you? to we're gonna have to set some no. some uh, ranking system that you know what what was a time how much time has passed since you made that take until it came into fruition that'll be a factor. I have a couple of judges, like you know, it was like it was like a little scale going so we can figure it well, out. We're gonna that, po- we're gonna one. post the takes to to the fans and uh, do you have a take to nominate? Yeah, I feel like you just don't have takes. I got a couple going around my you head. You just comment on our takes. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep on that. <laughs> Figure out what kind of takes you got. Uh, and one other thing I wanted to comment on, not related to what we just, we just talked about, but um, something that does make me a little bit more so confident that we could still go after the division, even though we're six games out, is... Like we said before, the Rays have been playing just the Orioles every time. They were winning a bunch. They're not going to win that that much. They're a great team. They're gonna not, not going to win at that rate. We have a few games against the Orioles coming up. We get to play them at the end of the season. Chandler's going to be in town. I'm going to be going to the games as well. Damon's going to be going to the games. And the easiest remaining schedules by opponent win percentage, Phillies, Reds, Yankees. Our opponents that we're facing from here on out, have a 470 win percentage, so below 500. So we have the third easiest strength to schedule from here on out, which it's not a bad thing. It's a pretty good thing to have. So I'm very confident in that. And then it goes Blue Jays, Royals, White Sox, Nationals. Rays are not on that list. Dude, this is what we have. This is what we have. We have Angels for three who suck. I'm saying that based off their win percentage in play. Don't judge me if they come back and blow this game. They're not so, a good team. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they they suck. And then we go to we have Baltimore at home, Toronto, which obviously, and then you have the Mets, the Twins, the Orioles. 
I mean, the Mets are a total fucking dumpster fire. The Indians, the Rangers, like that's, these are all winnable games. Like I was looking at it yesterday, realistically to close out the season. I feel like something obviously as before yesterday, but something in the neighborhood of 24 and nine or 23 and 10 is reasonable. Yeah. And that's what you have to do if you want to win the division. And it's not totally out of the realm of possibility with the way they've been playing in the month of August, they had a 740 win percentage going into yesterday. Obviously that's not sustainable, but you know what I mean? Like with this schedule, well, it's not, it's not going to happen over two months, but with this schedule, even if you're close to it, I mean, you're putting pressure on the Rays. The Rays have some tough series coming up. I, I think, you know, when when the All Star break started, or the, yeah, so a- after the All Star break, we we were talking about well, what would it take for us to make it like lead the division? We were all kind of counting the, the division out. We were all saying if we're going to make a playoff spot, it's going to be the wild card. We can all, you know, division's so out of reach and it's not even going to be feasible. Focus on the wild card, and that's going to be it. And then we said, you know, the only way we actually go out there and win a division is if we have a historic comeback, like the most historic comeback or the most historic second half in MLB history or whatever the, the stat was. And we're doing the damn thing so far. I mean, what other way to have a of a best second half of MLB history than to go on a 14-game winning streak? I mean, we, I we were doing the damn we thing. We were aiming to win for the like division. a six, 640 like win percentage. Yeah, the I think it was like 680. At. Yeah. And we're at over 700. So there's still room for us to drop. Like, And it's just, it's just really unfortunate that the Rays decided to go on a nine game winning streak as well. So it, I wish more would have come, would have like came out of what we just did, but the Rays kept them winning too, because they're playing the fucking Orioles every day. Um, Orioles are also the first team to be mathematically eliminated yesterday. I think. Oh, that's tough. Are they having a worse or better year than last year? I have no it idea. It has to be worse, right? They literally They're had an 18-game losing streak. They have had an 18 and a 16-game losing streak with one <laughs> win separating them. But <laughs> I... So... That has to be a record. No, they're on pace. I think the worst team ever was actually... I think it was the Mets, and I think they lost 120 games. Oh, my God. It, and the Orioles are last I checked, they were on pace to lose 112. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. If they have a Yankees esque reverse thing, the Yankees had to be historically good to make the playoffs. The Orioles have to be historically bad to break the record. So you know what? If you can't do anything to help us whatsoever, hats off to you. I hope you break the record. The Orioles lost 108 in 2019. And they lost 115 in 2018. That's so bad. 2017, they lost 87. Okay, so that was probably when Chris Davis was not the worst player ever, or was he still bad then? He was really I don't know. bad. I think he was still bad then. He's been bad for a while. When did he sign his extension? 2015? That was when the Orioles made the playoffs, like back-to-back years with Buckshow. What a time. Does he even play anymore, Chris Davis? He just retired. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did? Yeah. He's still getting paid. Yeah, he had a set, like he like ripped his hip in half and then had a setback and then yeah he tough. was like I'm done. All right, yeah, so let's tough. talk about the Yankees a little bit. Why don't we get to you want to get into hot or not? Sure. Let's do it. Got a pretty oh what? nope yep go ahead. Well, there was actually one thing I want to comment on real quick just about the trades. I, I forgot to say when you were doing yeah. it, and then we got it's it's very quick that the I think that one of the most encouraging signs to me about that trade deadline, the being bad, good, all that. We got the high-profile names, but they're not even really the ones that are making the difference. Like that, Gallo was, my, and Rizzo, that was my whole point, though. Yeah, Gallo like, and Rizzo aren't. They've, 
Sorry, go ahead. Exactly. Gallo and Rizzo aren't even playing well, really. Uh, especially lately, Rizzo's been horrible, and Gallo hasn't been much better. He just has the flashy home runs, and you know he plays a good left field. But like, well, that was my, I think that was my whole point. That was well. I, I, I also wanted to add on to myself a little pat on my own back because I think maybe that same episode or right around it, I piggybacked off that and said, you know what, I don't really care what it is, even if it's firing the ball boy or the locker room you know, cleaner, you just need to change up something, change up the mojo. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, it's not the on-field results that are doing it. It's the, the chemistry's changed. Everything's changed from a team standpoint rather than not necessarily the performance, but. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I think that the, the signings just kind of like elevated everybody else's play. You know, I think Luke Voigt's perfect example of that. He comes back and, yeah. someone's going out there and taking his job and he says, fuck no, I'm going to go out there and hit 400 for two weeks and, and become, you know, his carrying team. Yeah, he's still getting it. That's a different story, but either so way, you know, he's just elevating the other people. today. That's tough. Let's get into Hot or Not. Uh, Damon, let's have you do the... No, let's have you do the knots because I'm going to have Chandler step in for one of the knots uh, because he did his own research for one particular person, and I didn't want to do the research that he already did. So you can do a celeb shot in the knots. So that means Damon is going to do the knots. Chandler, you're going to do the hots today, so let's get after it. Boom. All right, leading off for the hots, Aaron Judge, 197 WRC+, 356 batting average, 463 OBB, and a 1.085 OPS in the last two weeks. Oh, absolutely. Bye. I mean, the man's an MVP if Otani's not here. Giancarlo Stanton last two weeks, 218 WRC plus 341 batting average, 795 slug, 1.191 OPS. Bye if they leave him in the field. Luke Voigt the last two weeks, benched today, but 364 batting average, 444 OBP, 1.175 OPS, and a 217 WRC plus. Bye if they quit benching him. What was that? Buy if they quit benching him. They quit benching him. You know, two of your hot or not buys could be solved by a really simple solution. Yeah, use your fucking eyes and put <laughs> together a lineup that needs to be out there every day. So two things I wanted to note with, I mean, th- this is just the goal line package version of hot or not today. That's what they like to call just the big boys. <laughs> it's missing a few guys. Like you said, uh, Gallo would be included in that package, but they call it the goal line pack. Is that what they call it? Yeah, right? Yeah, that was the... No, that was what they called, like, all the heavy hitters back. Well, with lead Voight off. leading off Voight and then everybody off. else after that. Yeah. So this was the goal line package. Uh, or no, the jumbo package. Is that what they call it? It was goal line package. Goal line package. Whatever the fuck it is. It was that. I'm telling you that's what it was. It's goal line package. So, <laughs> I mean, just... It's nice to see a hot or not section with the big boys, like sometimes we have a few guys mixed in there, like a Wandy Peralta mixed in with like uh, other big guys, like a Cole mixed in there. And by the way, Cole should get some kudos too. And I don't know why I honestly just try to limit it to three for hot or not, but I'll give Cole. Well, we were going to have a whole conversation on Cole. Yeah. Later, well, so. I'll, I'll just mention him briefly right now. Like I just think he's completely returned to Cy Young form. His last three starts, 17.1 innings pitched one run allowed 24 strikeouts. Uh, just unbelievable. He's very much cemented himself back into the, the Cy Young race. He, he kind of wasn't really out of it, but since he was hurt, Lance Lynn kind of took a little bit of a bump there, but I think it's it's his 
his his award to lose at the moment. But one thing I wanted to note on the Hots, aside from me being just jazzed up that our big boys are making these, this list all together also, because one thing that if you've been listening to the show for a while, we like to point out is that Judge and Sen never fucking hit together. They they hit together like in the order, but they'll never, one will be hot, one will be not. And it's it's so extreme too it's not even just like oh yeah he's sitting like stands in like 235 he's, he's doing fine like no stand at zero and judge will hit a thousand that's usually how it goes so it's nice to see they're both in the last two weeks batting 256 and two and three three two three fifty six excuse me and 341 with both around a 200 wrc plus so for the full season judge now has a 292 batting average 383 obp a 921 ops 150 OPS plus, 29 homers and 70, 72 ribbies. That's pretty fucking good. If, if Shohei Otani didn't exist, I really think he would be having an MVP year right now. Because I think Brad that he has. Field. Yeah, I was going to say, I was reading something about the trends the other. I think it was Dan Rourke, but the way that Vlad's trending and the way that Judge is trending. I mean, if Otani's won the award, he doesn't have to play another game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So quickly, just um. I'd be pissed if Judge doesn't come in second. Just, just I, you're about to say what Dan Rourke, Dan Rourke posted. So shout out Dan Rourke. But um, Vlad Jr. has a .736 OPS in his last thirty games. Judge has a .988, trending down downwards. And ultimately, in, if this trend continues, Judge will have a better season than Vlad Jr. in terms of like the stats that actually matter. Just wild. And I don't even think he's doing it, it in terms of the war numbers defensively. I think the war numbers is, are primarily being pulled from his offense, and that's just awesome. It's just crazy to me that a guy that big with so much power can hit 300. And he's getting walked a lot more, too, because he's fucking hitting. He's, that, he's, that he's still almost getting, 400. Yeah. He's still getting the low strikes called against him. He's still getting shafted on shit like that. His, that is one thing I'll say. Love or hate Aaron Judge, anybody out there, if you're a Yankee fan or not, which if you're a Yankee fan and hate Aaron Judge, fuck you. But <laughs> if you're not a Yankee fan and you don't like Aaron Judge and you want to say he's overrated, whatever, the one thing you have to commend the guy on throughout his was it four-year career now he's never wavered on his strike zone he's consistently had bad strikes called on him since he was a rookie and he has never expanded his zone he has stuck to it and he stuck to his game plan you know what as a baseball fan you should be happy about that and tip your cap to the guy yeah Yeah, because i mean you you mostly see people make adjustments and stuff like that but once that when it's that egregious i would almost prefer you not to make an adjustment even if it continues to be called just kind of standing i agree yeah, he just like he doesn't care. He'll take the extra strikeout to not change his plan, and I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Then that's why that's part of the reason he's so fucking good, yeah. is because it doesn't matter. He doesn't care what the outside factors are. He controls what he can control, and at the end of the day, that's. I mean, if you want to be an MVP level player, that's all you can do. So, yeah. hats off to you, Aaron Judge. Since I know you're listening, and then just takes advantage of mistakes, and that's the biggest, exactly. the huge part of it. Yeah, and um, it's just crazy. Like Shohei currently is batting right now, and we're we're recording this live during the game. Like I mentioned, he has forty-one home runs and twenty stolen bases. That's just and he's pitching too. I forgot. <laughs> and he, he's a sub three. He pitches, right? and it's just it's just crazy. It's just literally crazy. I don't know if anybody can ever do this again. Even if he gets hurt tonight and he's out for the rest of the year, I still think he's going to win the MVP. It's just it's obvious. Um, on Giancarlo Stanton. 
like we were bringing attention to him to say embrace Sen, embrace Sen. He's not going to be the MVP, which uh, he's still not in the MVP conversation. But it's just it's fun now to look at the numbers that he's put up for the season at two sixty nine batting average, eight fifty five OPS, one thirty three OPS plus, twenty four homers and sixty seven RBIs. Like that's a damn good year. It's a damn good year. And now he's playing the field. And I know those numbers are. I was about to say they're they're coming up a lot since he's been playing the field, but he did have that stretch earlier in the year where he was literally in MVP form and he wasn't even playing the field. So it's just he does have the the ebbs and flows, very extreme versions of it. Like he'll be the hottest player on the planet and then he'll just do absolutely fucking nothing and then he'll get hot again. I wish it would be like a happy medium, but I don't know. That's just that's just the way the guy works. It's just how literally how he works. I remember when he was on the Marlins and we were, I was paying particular attention to him. And I know a lot of Yankee fans were because judge was in the home run race with him. And I remember being at the game and judge hit a piss rocket. It was that one that went like five ninety six or not five ninety six, four ninety six or something against the <laughs> Orioles. Five ninety six would be a fucking rocket, but it was the one against the Orioles where the day before he hit the fastest ball hit by recorded by Statcast, And then he had the furthest one recorded by Statcast the next day both against the Orioles, so I'm excited to play them again. But I remember he had, like, two in one game, and then I look over at the the big board in center field, and it says Giancarlo Sen has two that game also. Like, it was just wild, and that's just the kind of guy that he is, and he, he's been, even when he was on the Marlins. So I'm just happy to see when you look at the where we're at now, August is about to end. We're about to enter September, final month of the season, then we got October. Things are are trending in the right direction. Now you can look at a sample size from a full season, basically, and and you can I think we can write off write off that this season for Sen has been a success in my mind. I mean he's I mean batting mm-hmm. two sixty nine eight fifty five OPS and a one thirty three OPS plus. Like that's it's shaping up to be a very good season. And when we talk about Sen in the off season, I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to be delighted with the season that he was able to put up especially since he started playing the field in the second half totally agree i just the thing that drives me crazy and i you know i was thinking about it today i think yes i know i say he kind of has his stats for his career this season are pretty much on par with what his career is i think in miami he just didn't have the exposure like he wasn't playing meaningful games he wasn't on tv he doesn't have the new york media and the, his biggest knocker is strikeouts because they're so fucking ugly when only one game every two weeks is on TV. Nobody sees that. Now everybody sees it every single night. So I, I'm, I'm glad to see him returning to form. Like he, yeah. and he never really was horrible on the Yankees. We just had our expectations so high. And I really think if he plays the field that this should be the expectation what he's doing right now. Yes. He's going to have his slumps. He's going to be hot right now, which his hot streaks are some of the most fun in the game to watch. But I just think if he if he is playing the field and he's staying healthy, I don't see why an expectation of a 260-ish batting average and 30-plus home runs for the next at least two or three years is unreasonable. Yeah, I completely agree. That uh, the New York media is uh, sometimes too much for some people. That maybe we'll talk about later. I mean, his twenty one, his twenty twenty one batting average is completely on par with his career batting average. It's two sixty nine this year, and he's two sixty eight for his career. One thirty three OPS plus versus one forty three for his career. 
Yeah. 855 OPS versus a 901 for his career. Like, it's very much on the same pace as everything else. 365 OEP, 359 OEP for his career, so it's better this year. Yeah, I mean, I think, Chanel, what you, what you said is a really good point about, like, when you're not, you don't have the exposure or, you know, we're not, like, before he came to the Yankees, we weren't watching Marlins games. We just exactly. saw MVP one. We, we just all saw, you see we are saw the highlights. Stats. You see highlights and stats. That's all you see. And I guarantee you, if we watched every single Angels game, or we watch, if Mike Trout was on the team, you know, I'm sure he would go through some slumps. We'd be like, "Oh, this fucking guy sucks." And he's the best player I ever fucking live. So, I think it's right. It's just like watching him every single night, and the fact that sometimes when he does play poorly, it's really poorly. And it looks like some of his strikeouts just look like he doesn't even know how to swing a baseball bat. But then he goes down a run that he hits 400 in the next two weeks. I mean, even during his MVP year, he still struck out 24% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like the strikeouts were any better. I was looking because I was genuinely curious last week. And I was like, surely on the Marlins, like he had to have just been this like God amongst men. And it's just not true. When he was on the Marlins, he was still striking out like this. Some of the worst strikeouts of his career. If you look at like montages of strikeouts and stuff, which the fact that you have a montage video of strikeouts says enough about your game and it hasn't changed. Like he was still having these just horrible strikeouts when he was there. It's just not as publicized because one, he wasn't making the money is now he got traded like two years into his deal. If that, I think it was one year. Yep. And then. You know, two, he wasn't in New York. He was playing for the Marlins, who they just weren't very good. I think he had one or two years where the Marlins were relevant, like during the Jose Fernandez years during his, like, peak. But yeah, that's it. Moving on to Void. I mean, we talked a lot about Void in the, in the past couple episodes. We're not going to really get into it much this episode. It's just it something to be said, the fact that he he makes this list again. He, like, he's routinely making this hot and out list. Maybe that's in part due to the fact that he isn't getting as many reps as other people, so like he only has to do it for a couple games, and he can make the list because he can't be negatively impacted by not playing. But at the same time, he's taking advantage of every single moment he gets, and he's not—he's not—he's just—he's—he's he's doing it. He's doing the damn thing. Like I said, three sixty-four batting average, two seventeen WRC plus in the last two weeks, one dot two OPS. Like he's just doing unbelievable, and that'll segue me into another section that we like to call the knots uh his counterpart is going to be on the knot list spoiler alert and i mean you see it again tonight he, he, he gets benched again stands the aging and i mean i guess this is just what they're gonna do but like when a guy's playing so well like you have to just let him rock you can't keep taking him out it's just like especially when you got like brett gardner in the outfield tonight like, i know brett gardner's been playing good in the defense lately but like you know, I mean, you know, I, I don't want about... Brett Gardner in the outfield. I'm sorry. I don't want his bat in the lineup when you could put a bat that is literally batting 120% better than the average MLB player. It's just unbelievable that you would even fathom taking this bat out of the lineup. It's crazy. What 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 it What's more impressive to me about everything is that the fact that he gets such inconsistent, of recently, obviously, but... He's been getting inconsistent playing time. And every time he goes out there, he does something productive. It's not like he goes on a streak, is taken out, and then he comes back and plays, and then he like all of a sudden is terrible again. 
Right, like, he would have every he, excuse in the book to yeah, be bad. He would have the excuse to be bad, it. but he, he still the, goes out there. He has what we always we always give Wade credit for is like Wade for the first time ever is getting consistent run or was and he's performing well offensively. Like there's something to be said about getting the reps and the success comes or is easier it follows after getting consistent playing time. It's just difficult to get in a rhythm when you don't play every day. And that's even more of a hats off to Voigt for the fact that he's able to put up these numbers while playing like every other day. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And he wants to be out there. Like he he's such a big part of this team, regardless of actually playing. He's a huge guy in the dugout. He lifts everybody up and he's the guy on the bench that you need to carry the rest of the team. And if you're not playing, you don't have the same enthusiasm and the same life that you have when you're not playing. It's very, very simple. It's a simple solution, and, and hate, they need I, to start doing it. I hate to bring it up again and again and again, but like it keeps he keeps getting benched again and again and again. We don't get why. Like, just play Santon in the outfield. He's been playing well, hasn't gotten hurt yet. Knock on wood. But even if he does, like that's the problem that you signed up for with him. Like. You knew this was going to happen. You can't just play scared. We've said this so many times, and it's obviously the case right now. I mean, I guess to play devil's advocate a little bit here, we were talking about this a couple months back when we weren't in the playoffs, and we were trying to press hard on the gas to make the playoffs, and we were like, you can't afford to not play Stanton so that Voight can't play, all this stuff. Rizzo wasn't even on the team at the time, so we were like, we were in a spot where we couldn't bench people. Now, to play devil's advocate a little bit, we are currently slated in the playoffs if they were to end today. If they were to end today, we would be playing the Red Sox in the Bronx for a wildcard game, which would be pretty fucking cool. Do you want to hit Chris Sale on a do-or-die game, I don't. though? I don't. Okay. I don't know what Chris Sale is this year. He's he's fucking nasty. Is he's what nasty. He is. He's 100% okay. back to himself. <laughs> okay. So, no, I don't. But I'm just saying <laughs> maybe that's a reason why they could do this thing and they really are preserving him for the playoffs. And that's obvious. That, he, is, that but, is what they're doing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He ha- Stan hasn't played in the field for four games in a row or three games in a row for met- that matter. And if he's never done that, and then he goes out there and he needs to play three games in a row in the outfield. And then he's not yeah. able to do that. Then we're kind of fucked. Thank you. Damon. At the very, yep. mi- at the very minimum, he needs to be able to play three games in a row. If we're going to play a seven game series and win. And, think, and we uh, have yeah, you have yeah. the full the full playoff the full playoff roster and the best lineup we can put out yeah. there. I think Mathematically, they're, they're he has to do that because if to. you play if the you play, it, well, yeah, because I mean, if you play a National League team, if you know whatever it's we make the World, the World Series, Series yeah, then but, you have to play three in a row. Yeah, no, you're totally right. No, but not even that though. If we're if we're playing in the conference, um, or if we're playing for the no, sorry, not the conference, conference, huh? if, if, if somebody's in the college football <laughs> mood. If we're playing the ALCS. We, he needs to play in the outfield three games in a row for Voight to DH. And if he, Voight isn't DHing in those games, I'm going to fucking lose it. Like, that's like. I think that's absolutely the. They're going to do that. I just think. But he, what, has, to what be, he has to be able to do they're that. Building he him hasn't, up. They're building he hasn't. him up. And I honestly, the more we talk about this, the more uh, accepting of it I am. It, it Maybe that's being brainwashed by being a Yankees fan forever and him not getting any time in the playoffs. And now at least we're getting something. But, you know. Since we are currently in the playoffs, we did go on a 13-game win streak with him sporadically playing in and out and Voight playing in and out, not having the A lineup every single day. Maybe it isn't such a bad thing to be building him up. Like Maybe t- the next few games, he gets, he gets the off day in the outfield today. 
maybe next couple of games because I'm pretty sure we don't have an off day for like the next ten days or something. Yeah. So we maybe, have an off day in like three days. Okay, then I'm wrong. But maybe. <laughs> wow, they just did a fucking grand slam. No, they didn't. No. No. Oh my fucking god. Uh, everything I just said, throw it out the window. Stan <laughs> needs to play the outfield every fucking day. We need we need the bats. No, but like it. Other than that, like. Are we supposed to lose to the fucking Angels? Really? It's the fourth inning. After tonight, like, well, Sen could probably play, you know, three day, three games in a row in the outfield, and then he gets an off day, and then it's four, and then it's five. Like, that's probably how they're going to handle the rest of the season, and I'm personally kind of okay with that. So let's get into the not list. So I'm going to do two. And then I'm going to have Chandler do a celeb shot and do the third one. And he knows exactly who that person is. So, First up on the not list is Anthony Rizzo, the counterpart to the man we were just speaking a lot about. In the last two weeks, 156 batting average, 222 OBP, 410 OPS, and a 16 WRC+. I'm not going to buy, but it's disappointing. Jolie Rodriguez. Ever heard of that name? Haven't fucking talked about him. Actually, I don't even think once on this show. <laughs> the last 30 days, hitters are batting 294 against him. That's the worst on the team. He has a 6.2K per nine, which is the lowest on the team. And the numbers otherwise aren't horrible, but when you, what are you, what, I just wanted to kind of get our thoughts on this guy because we never really fucking talked about him. I'm not going to buy it, but we can talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) And Chandler, what do you got for Chad Green? Oh, you're probably going to want to stop the music for this one, but I'm just fucking on, on surface level. I buy, I buy, I buy that he sucks and high leverage spots. But if you want me to get into it, then I will get into it. That's going to take more than the music. Yeah, yeah, The music will just shut off, but get into the stats on Chad Green because and here to, to preface it, we always talk about Chad Green, and we we seemingly notice these moments where he blows up in the high leverage spots. But then the numbers, when you look at them at face value for the whole season, they're great, and he's among the best in the league in multiple multiple like season long stats. So I wanted to just Correct. preface it with that, and then you went and did your sleuthing. So enlighten. The so I looked it up today because I was I was curious. You know, I feel like Chad Green blows every single game he's ever in. And that's just like a gut feeling. It turns out he actually is pretty fucking bad in clutch spots. I thought that, you know, maybe I was just overreacting, whatever it is. So there's a in high leverage situations, he typically comes in at a high leverage spot, right? And there's two stats that I was looking at for this. And that's the stat when you come into the game, the rating of the situation when you come in and the rating when you leave. I don't, like I said, I haven't sat here and done a deep dive into the high leverage stat itself, but I can tell you when you're coming into a game and your high level, the situation the game's in is a lower high leverage than when you leave. A, that's not good. When you're leaving, it means whoever's cl- coming in is cleaning up your mess. B, the clutch statistic, there's an actual clutch statistic. There's a very long formula with it. I'm not going to sit here and define the formula, but basically. So you have 2.0, it's graded on zero, zero is average, two is excellent, one's great, and then like 0.5 is average. 
and then the flip side for the negatives, right? So you have negative 0.5 below average and then poor than awful. His is negative 1.12, which teeters between poor and awful on the clutch thing. So it, it every so. This, the metrics actually back it up that he is very not clutch and he kind of sucks. And he's also like 60% in save situations this year if you just want to look at face stats. But the fan graphs, actual high leverage and clutch statistics support exactly what we are, what we're all thinking. Cause you always have the two or three people, the people straggling along. They're like, Oh, but look at his ERA. It's 3.1. Like shut the fuck up. Well, yeah, but that also takes into account the two innings he pitches against the teams. Like we should be beating right now. Like the angels, excuse me, you, whenever he pitches two innings against the angels and like a seven, two game that also goes into that. And that's why his numbers on face value look good. But in large part this year, especially whenever he's coming into games, he's not that good. And it's really been a trend for, let's see, one, two, three, four. He's in his career since 2016. He's never been a clutch performer. He's hovered around average to slightly below. And at the, at his best, he's been average in clutch spots since 2016. So this isn't a new trend. And I looked this up in about 20 minutes. So maybe the Yankees who claim to have the best analytics department in the world, maybe they just need to do a little fan graphs, Google, because you know, if you're really that numbers heavy and I can find that. And like I said, 20 minutes, do your own do your own research because it's bad. No, I mean like on the eye test. Yeah, you. yeah. As I'm about to say, like watching the games and experiencing them, those stats seem like they're accurate because I feel like I've I've watched multiple scenarios where Chad Green blows it in high level situations. Yeah, I mean, agreed. But like, where would you you'd still slate him as one of the top bullpen arms we have? Yeah, but I mean. Would you not? I, I would. Yeah, I would. I, but I think that there's enough. There's I enough to back it up. Out in one of the high leverage spots because it's kind of what, what we're dealing with. We got Luizga, Chapman for whatever that's worth. I mean, who else would you put in high leverage situations? Wandy Peralta. <laughs> Honestly, <Yeah. laughs> starting. To Hold on, let me that. look this up. Oh, real, really quick thing. That's kind of funny. You want to know who's warming up in the pen to relieve Kluber right now after the Grand Slam? Heaney, Ty Green, Heaney and Licky. Licky's been good no. recently. Uh, no, but the Heen he, dog. It's he, still a. It's still dog. a. It's it's a sweaty outing. Heen dog. Heen dog's gonna go against his former team. Oh, they're gonna he, fucking he, throttle him. They, yeah, they, they are. Probably, they probably he, just. They probably never liked him, and they, now it's just the time where you? they're just gonna take out all of their aggression. I mean, my man's about to get ravaged on <laughs> And I mean that in the worst possible way. Okay. okay. Wandy Peralta has been above average in clutch situations this year. He's at a point three two, So that grades out at right about above average. But so I, 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 you're, you're right, be, though. I, I'd be interested to see fun fact, fun fact, his point three two is higher than any season Chad Green's ever had in a clutch rating. In his smaller career. sample size. I mean, are you saying for the really? whole year or since he joined the Yankees? In his career. No, no, no. I mean, Wandy's point three two is is that since he joined the Yankees or for the whole year? That's for the whole year. Oh. Hmm. 
That's the season of 2021. He's got a point three two. Do you have the other so, Yankee relievers pulled up? I'd like. I'd, I'd be curious to you see have to where, do it, where yeah. they rank. Yeah, I mean, you have to look them all up individually. But look up if there's one Just, in I, I'm curious about Loisga. I looked him up earlier. I don't actually. Surprisingly, his weren't that good. He was right around average. Really. I believe so, but I feel like he's just starting to go into the like the second half of the series. He's been starting to be really put into those high leverage situations. So I agree. That's, I mean, I guess. I mean, like I said, none of these metrics are concrete perfect, yeah. but the fact that yeah, Loisaga is dead average, and then what's Chapman? Yeah, he's he's dead average. <laughs> Honestly, this is kind of a cool little chart. Yeah, what's I like Chapman? seeing these. I'm looking at them now. That has but to be a bad one. How about Wandy Peralta being better than the Wiseaga and Chapman? And- yeah, I guess I guess to your point though, Rella, like if the situation comes, you're probably gonna put him in there. Yeah. And because there's not a lot of there's not a ton of options that have I mean if Nestor goes experience. to the pen. If Nestor goes to the pen, which he probably will in the playoffs, I'd, I he's he's one of the first I'm taking. Yeah. Chapman's been so. average to above average. All right, that's better than I. So that tells you that tells you how bad Chad Green's had to have been in these situations. To where, where I mean, Aroldis Chapman's at a point one three, so he in the clutch statistics. So he's almost uh, he well he's over a full point better than Chad Green, and he's the one that sticks out in our mind as the guy that chokes away every game. So I don't know. I don't so, know. I would one not thing mind. I wanted to dive more into uh, was something we haven't even mentioned yet in these in these knots. We did mention the man, but I expected you to go off a little bit more on him. I guess you just wanted to rip apart Chad for a bit, but uh, no, Ant- I did. Anthony Rizzo, why don't you give us your little two cents on him? Actually, you were, so- you were kind of going off in the group chat, and I was just like pushing back, pushing back, pushing back because I mean. It's just unfair to judge him based on this right now. We know that Rizzo is judging a fucking him as a unbelievable player. player. I'm not judging him as a player. I'm just, I'm, pissed. I was pissed off because he's playing. Luke Voigt was sitting, and he's been just ice cold. Like he is hitting like 120 since being a Yankee, and a he's not playing. He's not playing well in the field. Yesterday, he looked totally fucking lost. I have an answer. Maybe. <laughs> Do you think there's any situation? Where if he continues to play bad, no, that I know exactly what you're asking. Do you think he takes over at first base or is is, he's just the first baseman? No, Cashman. There's no way the front office will swallow their pride on that. Doesn't matter. He's hitting 227 as a Yankee now after today. So, but you also you also remember at certain points like there have been certain plays that we all have said as an entire fan base saying that like. Luke Foyt would not make that play at first base or maybe like that play that squid me at shortstop to end the game. Voight probably no, I, won't make that play. Totally agree. Totally, totally, totally agree. I'm not worried about the defense at all. And I don't I, know. Well, here's what scares me. Do you want to know what scares me? They asked him yeah. if he was fully healthy yesterday. And his response was, I'm as good as I'm going to be. What the fuck does that mean? See, he came off COVID, so. Okay, so if you're not fully healthy, don't play. I want him to play. Uh, no, that's a... I don't want him to play if he's going to be a shell of himself. I disagree, you're going to tell I me think... you would rather have a 50% Rizzo than a 100% Void. I'd rather have I'd both rather of them. Both. 
because a 50% I'm Rizzo just... is better than 100% Gardner. Uh, well, True. no, I totally agree. But when, <laughs> okay, so when push, push comes to shove, they're clearly not going to put Judge in center field every day. So. And they're not going to play, play void over Rizzo if he's, if he's moderately healthy. I, I don't think, know. I I'm think just... they're working up to getting our full Death Star lineup in the lineup every day come playoff time. And I think that's just what they're doing. And I'm... I think I'm, so too. I'm I mean, it's not going to happen. It's not fucking rocket science to figure this out. I mean, it's a very simple solution. We're getting pissed off right now that this lineup isn't out there every day. We have every right in the book to be pissed off of that lineup. There is no situation where you ever would not put out that lineup every single day in the playoffs. Every single day well, in the playoffs is. has to be. I mean, if what if standing gets hurt? No, remember last year, and I know that he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth, but do you remember how hot Clint was going into the playoffs in game one? Lo and behold, guess who's starting in left field? It's Clint's Brett a little different than Giancarlo Stanton. And especially because about, of the ripple effects that him not playing the outfield, is what I'm saying, would have on benching Luke But the Voigt. casualty would be Luke Voigt. Yeah, I know. The casualty before was Clint Frazier. It's a little bit less of a situation than Luke Voigt not playing. Which is I'm, why I'm saying it's less likely. I'm that just saying. We're not gonna, I, I think we're definitely getting a full lineup. And you saying that thing about Clint Frazier doesn't change my, my opinion on it because Clint Frazier is different than sitting out Luke Voigt. No, I totally agree. I'm just saying I don't think it's as clear cut as you're making it out to be. I just think I think they're so heavy on playing Brett Gardner and what for whatever reason, whether it be the veteran presence or the lefty in the lineup, I don't think it's that crazy that in a one game do or die if we show up in the Bronx well fuck if they play like this they're not going to be in the Bronx but if you show up in the Bronx for a wild card game I don't think it's unfathomable that Brett Garner is going to be a starting center fielder I just don't I do I don't think it's crazy I think that's crazy I, I, I just think, like I think that's crazy too I think uh, I I agree. Like I think the decision itself, logically speaking, makes no fucking sense. But I think I you're saying I you really see that, truly, or you're saying you want that? Two different things. I no, God, no, I don't want it. <laughs> okay. I think God, no, 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 no. That gift of the you see the pitcher just fall. Turn around real quick. <laughs> <laughs> nice fucking pitch, man. Be this a is bad ball, radio, right? but everybody who is listening to this saw this last night. So the pitcher just uh, sixty-five of the Angels. Real quick thing, where you're talking about a ball. Did you mouth. guys see Nestor the other day stare at the third, like look yeah. back at the third base umpire? Also, I've never seen Nestor Cortez be mad before, and, I, and he Nestor Cortez it. is the fucking man. I would also, never want to be on also, Nestor's also, bad side. One B to that, the umpire crew from that A's thing, and it's both ways, not just as a Yankee fan. Life in prison. Never yeah, umpiring a game. I mean, legitimately, jail. thank you. Legitimately, they should be flipping burgers for the rest of their life, which, you know what? If you're a burger flipper, there's nothing wrong with that, but that is far from being a major league umpire. And they do, that is polar opposites of the spectrum, and that's where they need to be. Like, get the, get the fuck out of baseball if you're that bad. Yeah. Ugh, that pissed me off. Sorry. What else we got? I don't know. What else? We, we got? haven't oh, done we want... voicemails in a while. Uh, yeah, we haven't really asked for them. So if you wanted to leave a voicemail, uh, call into the voicemail line, 914-469-2168. Leave a voicemail for us. We'll play it on the podcast. We actually have not done those in a while. Let's do those next episode on Friday's episode. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the 
the Mets booing. <laughs> I just think it's so it's so uh, funny to me how Javi Baez thinks that that was a valid thing to do. Like that is just my the thing dumbest. Just like fun. you have to be the dumbest, most dense human being to think that's a good idea. And Lindor was doing it too. I think it's just so funny that it's the two people that they just signed. Like how do you, you're just, you both signed pretty? I know Lindor has a huge extension, but I don't know how long Javi Baez is on. There. He's a rental, right? He, he's no, he's a free agent. That's what I'm. That's my thing. You're a free agent at the end of the year. Who want? Who has said you want an extension in New York and you want to play with Lindor forever? Yeah, no. What the fuck are you doing? That's look. like that it's would literally so be like if I took this new job that I took and I went into my f- front office on day two and just shit on my boss's desk and was like, "All right, I would like <laughs> to be paid more now." Like, yeah, no, go fuck yourself, go home. Like, all right, well, that makes sense. Yeah, what? I mean, I mean what, what are you doing? What else? Like, what just goes through your head to make you think that that's a good idea? Like, everybody knows that fans in New York will boo you. Are we the ones that are booing people? No, we were, like, routinely telling people not to boo Stanton, but Stanton handles it well. He doesn't boo back. Like, you you can't let it get to you because now, I mean, that's just, like, a, a human thing. Like, when you're a kid and you're, if you're getting bullied and somebody says to you, like, oh, don't let, don't give them the satisfaction because then they're just going to go at you harder. Like that's what's going to happen now. Now yeah. everybody in New York, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't personally give a fuck. Like, he's Javi Baez. He's he's not on the Yankees, but like if he was on the Yankees, I immediately don't like him. Like that's that's ridiculous. So it's so funny. Did you see this the comment from uh, it was it started like going crazy today. They had Jeter his quote whenever they booed Derek Jeter yeah. in yeah. Yankee Stadium. You said my average dipped below you have in front of you? Yeah, I have in front of me. So I don't blame him. Jeter said flatly after watching his batting average dip to 197 with an 0 for, 0 for 4 night. We would have booed ourselves tonight, too. It's hard to imagine being worse than we were tonight. Put me at the front of that list. Yeah. So Own I was, it. I was watching the uh, the Nationals game today, and the announcers were talking about this as well. And they they said it very plainly. They were just like, you don't like getting booed? Play better. And then they said sure. this, this is the same theory with like the um, I don't agree with this as much, but they were talking about like the minor league players who are complaining about what they're eating for dinner and whatever. And he's like, you don't like that? Play better, and you can go to the MLB. I don't really agree with that, but same kind of concept. Like you don't like what's going on? Play better. Yeah, you get paid millions of dollars to play. All you can do is just kind of own it. Just like at least Lindor has three hundred and forty so million dollars guaranteed in his pocket. What the fuck are you doing, Baez? You're already asking to be overpaid. Like Baez wants like a two hundred fifty million dollar contract. I, I, no, I, I disagree, though. Fans. I think more so that's worse for Lindor because you just signed an extension with these fans, and now you're treating them like garbage. They're gonna also, ha- now also, they're gonna hate you. Like here, here's the two scenarios: they're gonna hate Javi Baez for the rest of this year, probably, and that's it. Lindor has to face them for like what eight years more. He also had a Ten? terrible start. Too. Terrible. Ten start. years. His extension hasn't even started yet. <laughs> so the door like has that, ten that's more, more years. That's yeah. more idiotic to me that he would do that, considering he just signed an extension with these people. That's like moving in with your girlfriend and just like immediately <laughs> slapping her. her in the face and just like saying, "Hey, <laughs> this is like you're yeah. ruining something that you just signed up for for a long time." Exactly. <laughs> I know we just got married and bought a house together, but I also cheated on you. Today, so <laughs> that fun. Like, down too. Like, what are we like, doing here? 
Dude, it's it's just it's so so stupid. I've never lost that much respect for one person and th- that quick of time. I just think it's so like, funny because it's the Mets. Like, the it's Mets, just I don't, perfect. I don't think it would have happened to any other team but the Mets. No, the Mets. The finally... best part too is that they're defending themselves. Like they're like, you guys just wouldn't understand. Like if you're gonna boo us, we're gonna boo you back. Like you're not the first person to ever be booed in a baseball game. You fucking arrogant especially, asshole. Especially in New York too. You were in New York on the Mets, who have been a dumpster fire for fucking forty years. Who had a four game lead in the in the NL <laughs> and East, now even... and now you're oh like seven games. Games back eight just shut up eight. Just shut up like <laughs> just, dude how do you not look in the fucking mirror like javi Baez is on pace for like 260 strikeouts this year i'd boo you too like if he was a yankee i'd be pissed off yeah rightfully so see this kind of goes circle circles back to our conversation before about uh Stanton and when you when you, you don't really look at a player on an, an everyday basis but there's something to be said about javi Baez. the fact that it was well known that he's one of the worst strikeout hitters. Like I knew that I didn't have to go looking for it. Yes. I'm a big baseball player, baseball fan, but I knew that, which means to the person watching Javi Baez every day, that's gotta be pretty fucking shitty. And now he's just a crybaby. So did you see the video the other day of him striking? out? I was like, Baez a bit early on this one. <laughs> yeah, and he, The ball wasn't even in the frame yet. And he yeah, had already swung. It's like, yeah. It's like, dude, if you're swinging at balls like that, that is literally, that's what I look like when I was, I don't know, 10 and I played my first ever kid pitch game and the kid throwing through like 70 at 10 years old. No, and I was like, like, well, I'm going to shit my pants. So I'm just going to go up here and swing at all three pitches. The second it comes out of his hand. No, literally. If you're like, swinging like that and you want $200 million, you deserve to be booed. Sorry. Go it, fuck yourself. It's like when you're playing MLB the show and then you just accidentally press swing as soon as the pitch is released. <laughs> and then you just like when you're impatient. Yeah, yeah. dude. Did and you guys like ever play it. tap sports where you're yeah. just pressing yeah. the screen over and over to skip through all the shit and then yeah. you guys swings before he even goes in That's the exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can swing you can swing again, can't you? No, not in tap. No, not in tap sports. Javi you just sit there with the, can't. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine he could have there. Imagine he tried to swing again. Oh my god. He probably would have had a better chance of hitting it if he swung a second time. Honestly, probably. That's enough Mets talk for us. Uh, one thing it's I just, funny because we're out, shitting on him. I know. One thing that I wanted to point out um, was during the game the other day, and honestly, every game I've noticed that, oh, Rizzo with a nice hit. Shut the fuck up, Chandler. Um, so How are you ahead of me? I don't know. Also, yeah. one hit doesn't just make your whole season better. Like just because yeah, you have a, a good, good looking hit. Double he's having he's having a good game. That doesn't he okay. And a single last right, night. Enough, enough. You uh, put the stats thing, together. One thing I wanted to I, I I mean I don't make the stats. I just I just report them. Don't shoot the message. I said you I said you put them together. Okay. So one thing I wanted to I didn't to point say out you was, went up there and hit. I think Shh. that Gary Sanchez, when he's running, looks slower with his socks up so slow i don't know if that makes any difference whatsoever but that's my hot take of the night is that i think if he put his socks back down one i think he just looks stupid with the socks up but i think if he put his socks back down i think he would be faster by at least three miles per hour well he'd have to get on base for him to run so yeah, he's been. He's playing really, really bad. He almost made the not list, but he he hasn't been doing like real, really, really bad. The like top three worst in the team. Well, actually, you said if he's not hitting his body weight, he's shunned, and he's sitting like two ten. So, well, that was the first time. Then he got out of it. So he needs he needs to be like historically bad to get back into shun. 
Like he needed to be. We wouldn't have talked about him until he got out of that. He hasn't done he anything yet, that. so. But he got out of it, so now about. he's got to go. Precisely, he hasn't done anything. Yeah, whatever. but he, he just, actually he, he, he had a good single the other day. Yeah, he broke out of it, and then he he needs to be historically bad to get back into his Sean. I uh, actually, while we're on that, I just I'm over him. I really am. I don't think he deserves any more like chances to be the franchise cornerstone catcher. He's not scary Gary anymore. He's a whole different can of worms. Don't care. We're talking about it and I want to bring it up. He is. I'm done. I'm done. I'm really done. Like if there is another option, I don't, I honestly like, I'm so tired of talking about Gary Sanchez. It's, it hurts hurts my head because every time we talk about it, it's like a waste of breath because then he like goes on a one week streak and everyone's like Gary haters fuck off and then I'm just like I don't even, it's just not worth. Well, the thing is, anymore. you have the loyal like seven people in the world that love him yeah. and that will stand like he'll strike out on three straight balls in the dirt and then or he'll hit a double or a ball off the wall and walk to first and get thrown out. Or I'll take six balls off the face. Like, oh, you show me another catch. Like Joe Maurer took a ball off the face in 2003 on pitch two of game 161. Like, okay. Like, yeah, listen, I, I agree with you, Chandler. I just like, I. No, I know what I you're saying. It's an exhausting. It I agree. It's an exhausting conversation. It's just boiled over. Like, and it's, it a, like it's a, a lose lose situation for everybody. Exactly. Here. It's like we talk about it and we get shunned or. You know, we talk about it, and then he goes hot for a week, and then we get shunned. So yeah. there's no way. It's sad. The only thing that's sad is I really thought he turned a corner like midway through. He started really driving the ball the I other really, way. Yeah, and then, and then he went right back to the his bread and butter of straight maybe that'll be, maybe upswing. That'll be my pole. take. I'm sure I said some shit in the past about that. Uh, we're running out of time here on the roadcast. I don't know what's happening with it, but we were at the end of the show anyway. One last thing I want to talk about before the timer hits zero. Um, we talked about a little bit. It was the Cole thing. I think he just fully cemented himself back into the Cy Young race. I'm pretty sure he's the favorite right now. He is but um, one cool thing that he has 200 strikeouts right now, I think. Is, exa- is it exactly 200 right now? No, he hit it like midway through the game. Okay, so he's a little over 200. So the franchise record... For most strikeouts in a single season was Ron Guidry in 1978. He had 248. So Cole has maybe six regular season starts remaining. That's obviously not exact. He could have one less because they could rest him. You never know what they're going to do, but it's on pace for about six more. He would need to average eight strikeouts per game to uh, to beat that. So do we think he's going to do it? Yes. I think he does. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, a, that's his season average so far, I'm pretty sure. It is the season average. Yeah. yeah. I the other cool thing too was that good numbers David. when when he was when he was asked about it, like how do you feel about hitting two hundred, he was just like, That's my job. Yeah. That's all he said. Yeah. Like next question. Fire yeah, they were like, Is this a is this a goal of yours? He was like, I'm doing my job. Yeah, it's what like, you, I get paid. Fucking right you are. Fucking damn right. Somebody showed like shared a clip under it, like he has the the it's not over. He has one goal in mind, that's to win a World Series. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Always appreciate you guys sticking around to the end here. Uh, if you in, if you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really appreciate it. If you get to one, I don't know, if you get if you get a lot of them, to, let's put it at 265 again. If you get 265 reviews on iTunes, I'll literally eat a baseball. So. All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya.